This is The Noted Liar, a podcast of short stories. Number four, non toccare. As obvious as it was, it had never occurred to Kiara that a sculptor was allowed to touch his own sculpture. Her mouth dropped a little as she watched Mark run his thick hand down her sister's thigh. But of course a sculptor touches their work, she thought. The work is nothing but touch. The context of seeing the piece here, in Mark's studio, had thrown her. She had expected something messier and more primordial. A floor covered in shavings and chips of stone, maybe. Walls spattered with paint or clay. The exterior of the building had guided her that way. Outside, the studio looked like just another crumbling brick hut at the edge of this farmhouse estate, deep in the middle of the Veneto. Loud chickens were roaming around, pecking at sunlit pools between long grasses. The house itself was grey and peeling and riddled with dead vines. This room, however, was just a small, neatly painted white studio with a small, clean skylight, and sat in the middle of it, her sister, Michaela. The scale of the sculpture was odd, slightly more than one-to-one, something to slightly tilt the viewer backwards. Michaela was sat on an oversized wooden kitchen chair, custom-built presumably, while the rest of the piece was built of blue-grey Carrara marble, as Mark had been explaining while his hand ran across his work. Michaela was sat leaning forward in the chair, her knees tightly together, a skirt ruffled just slightly above them. Aside from the long skirt, she was naked. Her ankles splayed outward, calves taut, and her fingers knotted together in her lap. Her head was bowed, hair falling slightly forward. Makeda was looking down, avoiding eye contact, a faintly embarrassed smile on her lips. Kiara frowned. She knew exactly the face, and she knew exactly what it meant. She only half listened to Mark's presentation as she watched him lightly travel over the back of one knee and round and down a shin with the back of his hand. Her face felt hot with irritation and confusion, half expecting an attendant to appear and slap Mark's hand away. Chiara had moved to Vienna a year ago. She had found the idea of all the galleries there new and enthralling in her first few months, but in reality, if forced to admit it, they are all fairly stuffy and dull, and she attributed this largely to the depressingly strict behaviour of the gallery attendants. Children seemed to enrage them particularly. She did not need much of her slowly improving German to spot every other muttered word being a terse kinder. The attendants would stalk small family tourist parties, waiting to pounce into the electric air between viewer and viewed with a sharp, bitter Nick Zunar. It was always the best works that seemed the most outraged by the invisible glass cases around them. Gustav Klimt's paintings seemed to be all about richly tactile fabrics asking to be stroked. Silks and satins must have been an enticing idea to a man who had apparently preferred to spend his days in nothing but a long smock. The erotic portraits of his protégé, Egon Schiele, looked like traps. Get too close and this painting will grab you. Certainly, children getting too close never seemed to be an issue with those. Chiara had done the five-hour drive down from Vienna that morning, in one long go, with only a fifteen-minute break to buy fuel and breakfast. The last few roads had been slushy and slow-going on a warmer December day. She chalked up her irritation to tiredness and brushed it aside. So, what do you think? I... I like the skirt... The fabric of the skirt dropped either side of the chair with complete conviction. A breeze in the room would have made the marble flutter. Thank you. Skirts are tricky. And this is going to be part of a show? Yes, huffed Mark, 
slightly exasperated that Kiara had evidently not taken in his first explanation. It was to be part of a large show on mental illness, a collection of portraits of individuals with mental illness issues, but looking for a new articulation of the relationship between the sitter, and so on and so forth, and Kiara tuned out again, returning her attention back to the sculpture. So how did you actually meet my sister? I'm friends with one of her consultants. Oh, is that ethical? He knew I was looking for a subject and mentioned the project to her in passing, apparently. She was keen before he ever even told me about her. It was her idea. Yeah. The last time Kiara saw her older sister was six months earlier. They had coincided at their parents' home and enjoyed a long walk together. Michaela had seemed even unhappy. She had not mentioned sitting for a sculpture at all. Nearer their parents' home was a long woodland path they had run along as children a hundred times. The day was comfortably hot and the sunlight and bird noise dripped down lazily through the trees. The end of the path opened out onto a large area of grazing pasture, but they were dismayed to find their usual way across it blocked by a long wire fence. Fluttering off the wire at intervals were plastic yellow tags. What did these mean? wondered Michaela. I think it might be an electrified fence. For what? They looked around for any livestock, but none could be seen. Michaela took a step towards the fence and hovered a hand above the wire. She stood tall and confident above the fence like a post, blonde hair billowing in the breeze. Michaela, on a good day, was always obvious in her straight posture and her head tilted to meet the sun. Perhaps we should test it. No, I don't think so, laughed Kiara. Michaela's hand remained above the wire. Michaela, come on, leave it be. Don't you ever feel that, that push to touch it, asked Michaela. I don't have a deep impulse to grab electric fences, no, replied Kiara, her smile dissolving. Michaela stood still, her hand just by the fence. That's what it is, Kiara, all of it. It's not about being up or being down, happy or sad. I just have this impossible urge to grab the wire and let it do what it does to me. Before the big unveiling in the studio, Mark had insisted he make some lunch for them. Kiara's small hatchback sat outside the kitchen window, groaning and ticking in winter sunshine as it cooled from the long drive. Inside, Kiara sat at the kitchen table as Mark busied around her. The air in the house was pregnant with wood smoke and a slight tang of cat piss. So is this a ritual with every new work? It is, yes, replied Mark with his back to her. I think the sitters should be the first to see the finished thing before anyone else. So nobody else has seen it? No. Well, aside from the wife and the kids when they're playing in the studio, but they don't even see it, really. Mark had never mentioned his family as far as Kiara could recall. Admittedly, she and Mark had hardly exchanged that many words in conversation yet for it to be unusual. They're not here. No, they're away for the weekend, friends of Vicenza. You and Michaela are from round there, aren't you? Verona. Verona, sorry, but now you work in Vienna. He knew she did, because that was where he had found her via a company website. She hated her picture on it, snatched in the middle of her company orientation a few weeks ago. She looked particularly disorientated and absent, a broad functional grin that she did not recognise as hers, with her hands awkwardly behind her back as instructed. Mark's email came out of the blue one dreary morning, before it was displayed publicly, which he liked to see the sculpture of her sister, who, for obvious and undiscussed circumstances, would not be able to see it. She had been planning to travel back down to visit her parents soon anyway. His studio was not that much of a diversion. Wouldn't Michaela have seen most of it already, if she posed for it? It's not like you can hide the other side of a canvas, is it? No, sighed Mark, not the finished thing. But I do sketches, studies, you know, and then, yeah. He seemed to find talk of the process distasteful, 
He seemed disgusted by the words. So, it's all about the reveal? Mark shrugged. You know the television chefs that talk you through everything they do as they're doing it? I know people like that. Me, I don't get it. What's the joy in eating after that? Why would you explain the joke while you're telling it? Mark turned to set a plate of tomato salad in front of Chiara and one for himself. He placed a basket of bread and a full bottle of wine between them and sat down. Could I have some water, please? Of course, smiled Mark, getting up again. Don't worry about that wine, that's all for me. It would be lovely to see some of the sketches and studies as well. Would that be possible? Stood with his back to her again, Mark froze a moment before running the kitchen tap a little fiercely, possibly so that he could sit back down again pretending that he had never heard the question. My work is not interesting. I am very, how would you say it, results-focused. Is that what you would say in a proper job? Kiara smiled and nodded. Tell me about what you do. Kiara sighed. It's just an office, but an office in Vienna. That must be nice. It is. They chatted leisurely as they ate, Mark recounting his limited experience of Austria and his disdain for the galleries there, deeper than Chiara's, and also for those in Germany, Switzerland, France, and almost anywhere else. He was an animated and charming lunch companion. Chiara allowed herself one, and only one, generous glass of wine to accompany the several glasses that Mark threw back heartily. After lunch, they strolled through the sunshine towards the studio. Mark cursed filthily as he tried to remember the individual names of all the chickens pecking by their feet. Then, with a flourish, he unlocked and opened the door to his studio and ushered Chiara in for the grand unveiling. The last time Chiara had heard from her sister was a brief teary phone call that made little sense. Her mother had later explained what had happened in pained and partially redacted details. Chiara guessed at what her mother left out. Two old school friends of Michaela had innocently appeared on her doorstep on the worst possible day. The offer had been benign enough, a night out in the middle of Milan. Michaela had grabbed it enthusiastically. Somewhere along the way, their group had collided with another, a group of young financiers or similar, Chiara imagined. Certainly single, certainly little wealthier than necessary at their age, and the night had spiralled away from them all. Long after the school friends had called it a night, Michaela had found herself with a young gentleman in a particular kind of gentleman's club, one with very strict rules about who can touch who. Somebody obviously broke those rules, maybe even Michaela, who had found herself carried screaming into the street by the club security. In her indignant rage, she must have mistaken a passing policeman for a member of the security staff and directed her abusive fury in entirely the wrong direction. It was her idea. Yeah. Why would you not want a sculpture done? It was very flattering to be asked, supposed Chiara. This pose. Mutual agreement. Do you find it awkward? The studio was still in quiet. No, not at all. But there's something about it that bothers you. Mark's mobile phone rang in his pocket, and he excused himself to answer, heading outside, leaving Chiara alone in the studio with the sculpture of her sister. It filled Chiara with sadness and shame at her naivety. She had not really anticipated at all how it might make her feel. She was there out of curiosity at best, voyeurism if honest, a childish expectation to catch her sister out somehow. She knew Michaela's half-smile and her avoidance of eye contact as the loudest signals of her being at her very lowest. The sculpture was a capture of Michaela in a state of despair, and she looked desperately lonely. Through a small window, Chiara spied Mark stood outside, stamping a little from left to right in the chilly air. It was clearly his wife he was talking to, nodding his head blankly, discussing practicalities of some kind. His mouth was smiling as plans were made, but the rest of his face looked bored and wistful. Chiara retreated from the window as he came back inside. 
Any more thoughts? Mark asked brightly. Uh, many thoughts. It's a lot of emotions, really. Mark cocked his head to one side, ready to have these emotions listed for him. Mark, why am I here? What? Why did you invite me to see this? I told you it's a bit of a ritual. This isn't a sculpture of me. No, well, obviously I can't show it to your sister, and obviously I'm interchangeable for her. Mark sighed. It's better than nobody seeing it, until everybody does. Is that not okay? Kiara did not reply and turned her attention back to the sculpture, stepping around it. You don't like it, do you? That's fine. Do you care if I do? Mark laughed. No, not really. I just want to know what you think. I don't know what I think yet. Mark grunted in dissatisfaction. You're not very patient, are you? No, I'm not. It's a terrible quality in a sculptor. I'm sorry. Take your time. I'll be outside. A few minutes later, she found Mark smoking in the sun. He grinned widely at her as he stamped out the cigarette. Did you sleep with my sister? The grin dissolved. Is... Is that important? He stammered. I mean, would that be any of your business? Most of the time, no, replied Kiara firmly. Okay, well, it's not relevant, he shrugged. I should probably get going, smiled Kiara, and then she headed off towards her car. Mark bustled after her as she retrieved her keys and sat behind the wheel. I don't want to be rude, sorry, but she's a grown woman and she makes her own decisions. I mean, whether we did or didn't, look, that's... Neither here nor there. I mean, we didn't. We didn't. I'm married. You're right. It is none of my business. Mark leant on the car on the driver's side so that Kiara had to turn in her seat to see him. Well, look, I am really glad you came for lunch. Yes, thank you. That was nice. And I'm really glad you saw it, whatever you thought. It's a really important part of the process for me. I mean, all of it. It's all for that moment when, you know, somebody else is seeing what I've been looking at all this time. Kiara sighed, relenting. The time and craft the man had put into it, he had been living with this image of her sister for months. A two-metre-tall figure made of marble was hardly something that could be treated casually, or ever considered disposable. What do you think about it? asked Kiara. What do you feel, looking at her? Many, many things, nodded Mark, has gone through many stages. Listen, don't feel you have to rush off now. Why don't you come back inside? I can fix you a coffee, or we can open another bottle, and we can talk about... Mark screamed in pain as Kiara pulled the car door onto his fingers. She had not pulled the door hard, but she was certainly pulling it shut. Mark had been leaning into the car, and she thought his hand was clear. At least she thought she thought his hand was clear. Replaying it in her mind later, she would not have honestly been able to tell whether she had any idea at all where his hand had been. Kiara pushed the door open and jumped out. I am so, so sorry. Mark stamped and squirmed, clutching his hand. Between the fingers on his left hand, she could see the fingers on his right already turning angrily purple. Do you have any ice? My God, they're all still attached, aren't they? Mark laughed weakly. No, I, I think you just caught them a bit. They're fine, he grimaced. Do you want me to take you to a doctor? No, 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 it just hurts in the moment, you know. Quite a lot, like stubbing a toe. I don't think it's anything. He exhaled sharply, like he was about to pass out. I am so sorry, I just didn't see your hand there. That's okay, he smiled. I'll get some ice on this, inside. You should get going, like you said. You should go. Mark turned and fled back into the farmhouse, leaving Kiara outside with the chickens. She did at the moment, debating whether she should follow him in. 
He would be fine, she reasoned. She didn't pull the door that hard. His hand would be fine. She got back in the car and closed the door carefully. The car did not start first time, having cooled back down in the shade. It started on the second, and Kiara backed out from the farmhouse gingerly before turning and driving off towards the road. A few months later, Kiara recounts the whole day at Mark's studio over a video call to her older sister. Michaela laughs uproariously at Mark's unfortunate injury, while Kiara frets with renewed guilt. He's not going to do a damn thing about it, Kiara. It would all mean confessing to his wife that you were even there. Kiara does the polite dance of outrage at the suggestion that she had been part of anything remotely scandalous, but she knows her sister is right. I asked him if he tried to sleep with you. Really? What did he say? He didn't say anything. Well, he did, and I let him. He didn't even try that hard, shrugs Michaela on Kiara's screen. To be honest, it felt a bit like he wanted it over and done with before we'd even started. At least we had that in common. Presumably it's still there. What is? The sculpture. It must still be sat there in his studio. The virus is well on the march now across Europe. The exhibition has been postponed indefinitely. Almost everything has been postponed indefinitely. Austria has been barely struck in comparison to Italy. Trains have been stopped fretfully at the Brenner Pass. Chiara has been anxiously watching the news reports of hospital wards in Bergamo, thickets of plastic tubing around pink, diminishing bodies. Inevitably, the conversation between the sisters keeps wandering away from horrors, back to the relative comfort of the strange new rules and inconveniences of our world. I like the way it was explained at the hospital. They showed the distance you could stand apart as being where you can't quite touch each other's fingertips at a full stretch. Wow, were they actually able to get all the patients to do that? Oh no, not a chance. It was a noble attempt. I was out of there anyway, thankfully. I'm glad you're home. Me too. A smile creeps across Michaela's face. Show me again his face when you pulled the door on his fingers. They laugh together. The laughter runs its course, and a moment of silence grows in the space after. It cools and expands to fill the hundreds of miles between them. Nantakari was written and read by Glyn Cannon. This music is by Michael J. Sheehy from his new album Distance is the Soul of Beauty, available via Bandcamp and all good outlets. Thanks for listening, and another story will be long soon. Mm-hmm.